I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. It's your host, as usual, at NFL on Twitter. Make sure you follow the group at UK Packers. And uh, oh, this, uh, this is usually the part where I do a, a crazy good intro, but um, no one really answered my calls and emails this week. So uh, we, have, we have Ryan Peacock on the line. Ryan, are you there? Uh, yeah, I, I was expecting something a lot more, to be honest. Well, look, you know, you're just you don't write for NFL.com or you don't you don't play for the Packers. But, but well, hang on a minute. <laughs> I've, I've done some things. You did co-found the best UK Packers group yeah. in the world. Oh yeah, baby. Absolutely. And I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could. I don't know. There must be a wonders of computer. We can edit that bit. Maybe put a fan fan fanfare or something in there at the background. Yeah, we, we we'll fix that. We will, yeah. I'll have to edit that out. Do you know what? I'm going to leave it in. I'm just going to show that we're humble people. You know, we're, we don't... Because... No, 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 no. I, I want it. We've come a long way, Ryan. I mean, <laughs> from the from the humble beginnings uh, all the way to now. I mean, do you know what was an awkward moment, actually, right? Now, look, to, to, to explain to people out there, me and Ryan, uh, we started the group growing way, way back. Um, so, again, we're like brothers from another mother. So, we're having a bit of bands.com. But uh, when it comes to... it was It was awkward last week, right? Because... We have come a long way. And I was talking to Neil Reynolds. Now, I knew Neil sort of from my NFL Ireland days. And if anybody listens to uh, the last podcast that we had, uh, Ryan, what do you think? Were you jealous that me and Neil now are kind of best mates? Um, no, that's fine. You know, it, in all seriousness, he started with garden shows. I started. Um, <laughs> I, well, I haven't, I haven't really got started yet, but I haven't started with garden shows. So we're different, two different kinds of people. Yeah, so you're saying you started off more successful than Neil Reynolds and Sky? Yeah, I'm a bigger deal. Oh, just don't tell. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna text him. You know, I'm not gonna ring him, or uh, you know. But you could. Sna- you I could. could. I could Snapchat him. You know, that's why they call me Prime Time O'Brien. Um, but yeah, it was awkward because I was saying to him. Uh, I said to him at the start because an awful lot of the stuff is recorded in the podcast and it's sort of edited and stuff. And I said to him, Neil, it's great. You know, like we've really come a long way since I was interviewing you with NFL Ireland in the old job I used to work in. And I called him from the conference room. I had to book it as if it was a meeting and put people down. And then go into the meeting room, pretend I was having a conference, and lock the door. And I was talking to Neil Reynolds, and um, I had to tell him our podcast uh, was higher than his podcast inside the huddle on that time in uh, in iTunes. So it's, I mean, we've come a long way. But the point of this podcast uh, and what we'd like to discuss is free agency because. We've been listening to their podcasts, haven't we, Ryan, sort of online, and we saw that some of them were kind of lacking. We're not bashing on either podcast, but, you know, an awful lot of the Packers podcasts, they don't really get down to business, and that's what we're hoping to do, get down to business, look at the free agents that are coming up this year, and go through a segment where we keep three and we toss three. What do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, let's have a look at it. I mean, there's quite a few big players up, um, and actually, you know, an an argument could be made to keep a fair majority of them. So it'll be hard, I think, to, to wind it down. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's always this thing, you know, it's, it's very trivial when people say, you know, pick the top 10 quarterbacks in the league ever or, you know, pick the top 10 players ever. It's very hard to rank the players in order of uh, importance. But some of the ones that jump out, now I haven't seen your selection. I don't know who you're going to pick. Um, so, and you haven't seen mine. It'd be interesting because another thing, you know, we don't want to do on the podcast either. We don't want to patronize people by saying stuff like, that you pick your tree, I pick my tree to keep, and they have to be different. They don't have to be different. I mean, the three good players that have to be kept, like, 
you know, if a really important player, uh, like well, uh, certainly on my list is Eddie Lacy. So if you pick Eddie Lacy as well, it's important that we keep him. Let me just run down, Ryan, real quick to the actual 2017 free agents that are going to come up for the Packers. And then we'll get down to the three picks that we had. So on offense in 2017, the guys hitting free agency, David Bakhtiari, Eddie Lacy, TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, and JC Treader. So on defense then, we've Sam Barrington, Josh Boyd, Micah Hyde, Nate Palmer, Julius Peppers, Nick Perry, Chris Banjo, Bear Whitney, J. Rowan Elliott, uh, Mike Pinnell, and on special teams, we've Tim Maste. So I'd be interested, Ryan, uh, give us, not really, I, I'm, we're not going to do it in sort of order of who's the most important one to keep, but give us a rundown through your top three that you think we have to keep next year at the expense maybe of some others. Yeah, uh, top three I've got, and I get a feeling we're probably going to have the same three or so, uh, I reckon at least two the same. Yeah. Um, I've gone Josh Shitton and TJ Lang yep. for absolute studs. And I think when we went back to when Matthew's contract was up and when Randall Cobb's contract was up, yep. everybody was saying, you know, you have to re-sign them. There's no question. You just work somebody, you know, smart up in the front office. You go and work out how we do it. You work out the numbers, but we're keeping those players. We're, we're going to extend those contracts. I think you're, okay, the position's not as sexy. Um, you know, I guess nobody really grows up wanting to be an offensive lineman. But I think these two guys are um, absolute must-keeps. And yeah. I think they're my two absolute priorities. Uh, I'm the same. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, is, like you say, it's not the sexy position. It's not a position that people really want to talk about. But if you want success in the league, it's a common fact. You have to have certain assets on your team. One is a good O-line. Because an example, again, I'm stepping outside the Packers for a second, is if you look at the guy who signed the biggest contract now in the NFL, he's the top-paid quarterback, Andrew Luck. He was awful last year, and there was two reasons for it. One, he was injured, and two was he was behind a really bad O-line. Now, it was kind of laughable uh, in, for the Colts because their coach came out and said, look, he's playing behind a bad O-line, but that's not a secret. He should be able to deal with that. That's not true. If you're playing behind a bad O-line, you can't get your run game going, so you can't actually have an escape valve for your quarterback when he needs to dump it off the odd time. And as well as that, your quarterback, you're going to get pressured, you're going to get hurried, and you're going to get hit. And we've seen quarterbacks like Blaine Gabbert. Now, people laugh at Blaine Gabbert. I laugh at Blaine Gabbert. He's now with Sam Fran, kind of a journeyman, started off with the Jaguars. You know, Blaine Gabbard is one of the best players to come out of college. He broke all kinds of records. But he starts seeing ghosts behind a bad O-line in, in Jacksonville uh, because people just kept hitting them all the time. And you can kind of spook a quarterback and that can affect your play. So I'd agree with you. O-line is definitely somewhere that we need to address and we need to try to keep that together as long as we can. Because, again, going back to the Colts, if you look at Andrew Luck's stats... His stats are awful because he didn't take care of the football. Now, you can look at that like, and I'll stop wearing the ear off people in a minute, is that you can look at it in two ways. You know, he was gunslinging the ball up into the air and didn't really care. Uh, and you might say to him, well, why was he doing that? Because A, he had to get the ball out fast because his O-line was disintegrating. And he had an injury as well. So I think it's integral. If Aaron is going to win rings uh, and go take us to the Super Bowl, we need a good O-line for him to sit behind. And like those guys you mentioned, TJ Lang is the fifth best O-lineman. Josh Sitton, the sixth best O-lineman. You have the fifth and the sixth best players in their position on one team. And that's pretty insane. And that's something that you definitely have to keep. Well, that's something I was going to bring up. I mean, I think it's pro football focused as them both as top 10 offensive line guys. And when you consider that every team has, what is it, five offensive lines. So you've got center, the two guards, the two tackles. Yep. Right. And you've got two in the top 10. And every team in the league, 32 teams in the league, have five starters. 
uh, offensive yeah. line. You've got two in the top 10. That's how good they are. And that's why they're absolute must-keeps. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at their contracts, and it's going to be interesting, like Josh Sitton's on $6.75 million per year at the moment. He's the 24th highest paid. Now, that's kind of laughable highest paid, 24th. To say he's sixth best in his position and he's paid 24th highest. And this is the argument that we raised on Twitter. How do people feel about the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't the top paid quarterback? And people said, look, that's just good business. That's just... You know, getting like Andrew Luck is in his prime. That's why he's the highest paid. Before him, it was Joe Flacco. Before him, it was Eli Manning. You know, you look at these quarterbacks and they're nothing special. They just happen to win the Super Bowl maybe that year and they get paid big money. So with the likes of that, Josh Sitton, he's the 24th highest paid. He's been to the Pro Bowl three times. Uh, He's on 6.75. You'd expect that definitely to rise. So... You know, it will come down, I think, ultimately to a money issue, like you were sort of saying before uh, about, you know, Randall Cobb, where we're, everyone, all the fans are saying you have to sign these guys. TJ Lang, uh, similarly, uh, he's the 35th highest paid, like, again, highest paid 35th. You know, he's on 5.2 million. The chap is durable. He, he missed one game last season and he's missed two since 2011. I mean, the people keep talking about their age. TJ Lang's 29, Josh Sitton is 30. But I don't think that impacts these guys because... If they're at that age and they're playing fifth and sixth best in the league, do you think age is an issue? I don't. No, and I, and I don't think at that age as well. Um, they're probably just in they're in their prime at this point. Um, and as well, when you look at the draft class from this year and you see a couple of uh, offensive line guys uh, in our draft, yeah, you know, you're hoping that these guys are going to come along and pick that stuff up from those players, and these players will play through their prime, and but they will also bring these newer players through. And we've already got a lot of young offensive line guys on the team and we're just bringing in two more now yeah uh, so i think that they're absolutely integral to the side and who did you go third then ryan if, if we had to keep three and well, bin three okay so i mean eddie lacy is my number three yeah but I, i'm struggling with it because we're down to just three because i wanted to put sam barrington in there as well but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with eddie lacy first um obviously yeah we know last season didn't didn't have the big season that he'd probably had the two previous years. Um, but if you look at him in the three seasons he's been with us, he's averaging, you know, he's averaging a thousand yards or he's averaging over a thousand yards each year. So yeah. he's done over 3000 yards in these three seasons. Now, obviously, unfortunately his numbers have gone the wrong way during that. Normally you'd find it, it'd start sort of lower and then be building up, building up, building up. Um, but obviously in 13, I think it, if I remember, he was voted rookie of the year, was, got yeah. 1,178 yards rushing and 11 rushing TDs. Yeah. Okay. Then in 14, he dropped slightly, but nothing to talk about 1,139 with nine rushing TDs, um, has a few receiving, but then in 15, he's down at 758 yards with just three rushing TDs. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, yes, sure. There, everybody's going to talk about it. Everybody's going to worry about it. The Green Bay Packers are not going to let him walk away at the end of his contract. He's too good. He got some things wrong last year. He was overweight. We've already seen from all the, you know, workout pictures so far uh, this off season that he slimmed right down. You, you're going to see a return to form from Eddie Lacy, and I think you're going to see a big return to form in the year that he needs to do it right before that contract renewal. Yeah, I'd agree. And again, I kind of have two guys, and I know we set the task here that you know, three to keep, three to bin. But I had Eddie Lacy in because I don't think you can overlook him because, like I said, you need all facets of the game. Eddie Lacy certainly gives us that. Like you said, outstanding rookie season. It, like He was the first rookie since 1971. Uh, uh, John Brockington did it, 1971, one uh, rookie of the year. 
Um, and again, it's it's telling as well, right? You know what you're saying about his stats? He had 1,178. Like his, his Russian average was 4.1 in 2013, 4.6 in 2014. And interestingly enough, I know you say that he only had 758 yards uh, last year. And we all know he struggled with his weight, but also with injury. His averaging was still 4.1, which matched his rookie season. So, sure. you know, sure. I mean, I think that's important. And even more important than that, Ryan, uh, that stood out to me when I was doing the research on it was is that in the postseason last uh, year his average was actually 6.3 average which is insane in the postseason so again like i'm gonna say he pulled his weight you know maybe that's a bad pun uh you know but he slimmed down like you said he went on there's a lot of you know i think the media get very bored when it comes to the off season and they've made a big deal about him losing weight but i do think it was an issue and it was very telling and i spoke to uh wes hodkowitz on the podcast a few weeks ago if you haven't heard it please go back uh, and listen to that and check it out very knowledgeable guy and he was sort of talking about i asked him you know was it important that mike mccarthy come out and call him out and i think it was important and you know like what wes was saying you know mike mccarthy can only take take the slack for so long of people sort of blaming mccarthy why aren't you playing him because it wasn't actually obvious to us was it from the start it wasn't to me anyway uh, that he was playing with an injury and then it didn't it wasn't obvious because there was all this stuff murmurs that there was behavioral issues that he missed a curfew do you remember that and i i was sort of thinking what's going on because this guy seemed like a quiet guy he was into his comic books he's kind of like a sport nerd very similar actually to a man green and again don't mean to plug it but we've another podcast with a man green if you go back a few weeks ago very interesting dude um so it was a bit odd to me uh, that you know he missed a curfew and there would have been behavioral issues but i believe in eddie Lacey, and i think that like what um Chris Westling said on the pod there a few weeks ago, again, there's two types of Eddie Lacey. He said there's the fat Eddie Lacey and there's the skinny dynamic Eddie Lacey, and he certainly looks the skinnier version now. Yeah, yeah. Who, who else do you got then? Because did you have a, did you say you had a second name there? Yeah, I had a second name. Um, uh, David Bakhtiari. And again, it's, it was reluctant to put him in, right? But And I was sort of thinking, do you know what? We have people coming up behind him, especially the draft class. And I thought, you know, that's a bit unfair. Because David Bakhtiari, when he came into the league now, he's been in the league, like he'll be in the league four seasons, uh, left tackle, one of the hardest positions in the game, a lot of responsibility where he had to look after Aaron Rodgers. Now, he gets a bad rep, right, uh, to an extent where if you look on pro football focus, he doesn't grade off the charts. You don't look at him and go, you know, he's indispensable. He's actually 26th in his position. Um, and you're kind of thinking, you know, maybe we could do a bit better. However, uh, it was evident when Bakhtiari went out with the ankle injury that A-Rod's protection just disintegrated. Now, I don't know whether that was because they were shifting people around the O-line, um, and that was the real reason for it, because all of this stuff has a knock-on effect. But it did highlight, you know, how important he was. But the main issue, I think, that's going to be with Bakhtiari is, is that for a left tackle in the NFL today, you're looking at 10 million a season. Now, that's what Julius Peppers is hitting against the cap, is 10 million. So that's what we'd probably have to pay back to Yari, if not more. Currently, yeah. he's on 1.6 million. I mean, that's a massive jump. We have 15 million in cap space uh, left. We're going to have, and like 5 million of that goes on rookies. So we're going to get back 10 million when they drop Julius Peppers next year, because I think it's no secret that he's gone next year. So we yeah. will have that money. Now, do we spend it on back to Yari? Or do we have to spend it on Ling, Lang and Sitton um, then to try sort of bring them back? I don't know how you feel about it. I don't, I don't know how you do it. And I agree, Bakhtiari is in, uh, an important player. And, you know, if you've got a left tackle, a good left tackle, they're, they're quite hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, we've, in previous years, we have had a few different people shifting in and out of that position. And some have done better than others. Um, 
you almost want your left tackle to be, I mean, you said he's not a guy that's off the charts. He's not a guy that's the, you know, everybody's talking about. It, in a way, if nobody's talking about your left tackle, he's probably doing a good job. <laughs> that's a fair point. You know, he's, he's a bit like um, a goalkeeper in soccer, isn't he, really? Yeah. You know, somebody's talking about your time, like we hear all this stuff about Joe Hart because he's had a terrible time. If he yeah. was just making good saves and doing his job, no one's probably going to talk about him. We'll be talking about something else. Yeah. Um, I think Bakhtiari is a solid guy um, and definitely somebody we, were, we would want to keep on. Um, I mean, something I've seen, there's, there's been similar articles out in the week from a number of different people that do that, that talk about this stuff. And um, I know one of them brought up the, the possibility of a franchise tag for any yeah. of these players. Yeah. Um, and certainly I think when you look at the offensive line guys, it's, it's probably not a, a, a position you'd use it on. Yeah. Um, mainly the reason for that being is on the offensive line, obviously you have the, the, the different positions, but the left tackle is generally the one that is going to be the highest earner because of what he's protecting. Um, you know, and I think they had on there that the projected for this year, obviously not for next year, but the projected for this year for a, for a franchise tag offensive lineman would be somewhere around 12 million. Yeah. So it's a really, really high number and it's probably not one that we'd use. So yeah, you have to find a way of, of, of getting the money for all of those three guys. Um, if, if I had to lose one, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Dave Bettiari may come a bit cheaper because he has had time out. Yeah. And you can get him on that on a bit of a prove it where you put, I don't know, maybe you can put more into you know, less guaranteed money or something. Maybe you can drop something. I don't know. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then who was your guy then, uh, your final keeper? Well, my guy is, and by the way, two good name drops in there. I think we need like a, a clangor or a buzzer or something that goes off every time we name drop. Just because we, we're not ashamed, are we? we? We will name drop all day long, yeah? Oh, yeah, big time. Look, we work hard to get these players. So, I mean, if we get them on the podcast or we, we become friends with them and we call them friends of the UK Packers, that name's being dropped all day. Exactly. So here we go. My, my fourth guy that I liked, and, um, you know, he's probably not, he's not going to be the top of the getting people signed, but I think he definitely will be signed and he will be with us by, past uh, the end of next season. And that's Sam Barrington. Yeah. And... You know, Sam Barrington is a guy who, you know, came, when he first came into that team, um, he he made a real big impression at a time when we really needed somebody at middle linebacker to stand up. Yeah. Um, and I think that was uh, not last season, season four, so the 14 season. It was something like, you know, over over 50 tackles um, and a sack and just some, some really good play from a player that I think was... Uh, quite a low round draft pick if I remember yeah um, I haven't actually got that written down but um, oh yeah I have sorry seventh round draft pick you know and this guy comes into a position where we had a real need for and and, and I played brilliantly well then he goes into last season and we're thinking right he's really going to step up now um, AJ Hawk had gone obviously to the Bengals yeah. other players had left um, through generally poor play um, and this guy came in and, and was really going to you know be his kick on season um, obviously, he ends up getting injured, and he spends uh, the whole season out on a season-ending injury. So, I think going into this year, you're going to see Sam Beck hopefully picks up where he left off in that 14 season. He's done some great things off the field. If we, you know, we know that obviously at the Packers organization, they bring in these Packers people, people that really fit the ethos of the team and the city. And and I think this guy really does. He is one of those, and I think he really will be a top top player for us. 
Yeah, because it's telling, Ryan, isn't it? I mean, like you said, AJ Hawk went, um, and the reason AJ Hawk went was because of Sam Barrington, and that was no secret. Uh, Mike McCarthy made it be known, and as well as that, he was meant to have his breakout season last season, and Mike McCarthy again came out and said in every uh, presser that he was really impressed by his work ethic, his attitude, and his sort of you know sideline to sideline. Now, I, again, I was speaking to Neil Hornsby, a pro football focus, and he is convinced that Sam Barrington has the speed, but he had questions over his size. So it's important now we'll see, will he bulk up? Um, you know, and are, are, are players even capable of bulking up to the extent where he can do his job effectively? But again, we really like him. He does have a great attitude. Like you said, he's a Packer person. Like at his time off, he was always around the locker room with the guys. Um, he'll always come up and give us plenty of time. Uh, he's, he seems to always be available for his fans uh, and he does an awful lot of charity work. I mean, the guy won a lot of awards during the off-season and he's a keen fisherman, the, the guy's a beast, right? So we like him. Which brings us then to the flip side, uh, Ryan. This is the three guys that we think, you know, we're putting them on the chopping block. Uh, some of these, you know what, these decisions were quite easy for me. I have two guys that I think are kind of obvious and one guy that people might go, what are you talking about? Uh, who are your three guys? Um... Well, I've got, yeah, I mean, one's an obvious one for me. Um, so let's start Julius Peppers, because I think you've already touched on it. Yeah. Julius Peppers is not a guy that we're saying won't get a new contract because he's not a performer. It's just he will be, I think, what, 30, 37 yeah. by the time his contract's up. Now, Mike McCarthy came out and said that Julius Peppers is ageless. Many other people have said that, you know, he's a man that continues to defy time. I think Julius Peppers himself came out and said that he feels like his body is 26 years old and not 36. Yeah. But in all honesty, I mean, like you said, at a 10, 10 million plus next season, yeah, uh, it would be the cap hit on him. Um, yeah. I think, unfortunately, it's just a player that you'll probably see as well. Um, you know, some we've they brought in Lorente McRae into the outside linebacker. You've got the two guys. Uh, Kyla Frackrell has come yeah. in at outside linebacker, um, been drafted. Nick Perry needs to come in, really step up this season, otherwise he could be gone. Um, you know, he's probably going to be a big, big player this year. Um, you might see his time on the field start to diminish. At some point, that time's got to catch up with him. Um, I really hope that I'm proved wrong and he goes on to have another, What I think last season he had 10 and a half sacks. Yeah. It'd be great to see him do that again. Um but I think realistically, he's probably gone just on the fact that he'll be 37. Yeah, he is. You know what? I, from what I hear, he wants to go. And the thing about him is, is that, uh, and again, like I was talking to Neil Hornsby on this, I mean, you can look at the guy and his legacy and you often think he's better than he is. It happened with uh, Ray Lewis. Everyone was going on like, oh, you know, he's an unbelievable player. Uh, he adds a lot. He didn't. By the end of his career, he wasn't contributing a lot. Now, Julius Peppers, again, I think suffers from the fact that, look, he's an edge defender. You know, he's a scary guy on the edge. Uh, that'll put, you know, scares up the up the QB. But the thing is, he needs somebody working in tandem with him, and he hasn't had that with Clay moving to the inside. Now, if you look at his numbers, uh, Julius Peppers was 58 out of all edge defenders. 58 isn't going to scare anybody. Now, his face mask does, but his ranking will not. So if you look at uh, his pass rush, like what you were saying, you know, QB sacks, you know, he's up around the best in the league. But if you look at his, his run stuff and it's not good, his coverage is similarly not good. You mm -hmm. know, so the guy, I think the only effectiveness that he has is rushing the passer, uh, which again is something that the Packers, to be honest, have struggled with, um, with moving Clay to the inside to try stuff the run. 
because that's really the problem you know like we were getting ran all over by teams like the seahawks with beast mode and russell wilson doing us some damage we were ran all over by san francisco uh you know with colin kaepernick back in the day and all that sort of stuff we need to just shore that stuff up now there's all these cool pictures online of uh, colin kaepernick wearing clay matches as a necklace uh, way outside the sideline because that was the type of guys that we had we had guys who would you know try chase him down from the edge and just bludgeon him yeah. so you know that's where i think you know what this season we could see not a rebirth of julius peppers as you say he is older and you know we have to be realistic but i don't think he's going to be 58 i think he's going to be far better than that uh with moving clay to the outside because they do have kyler fackerel who's sort of a you know he's a boisterous kind of guy uh, and i think they have enough talent now in defense to be able to do it so julius peppers is on my list as well and with the amount of cap hit that he takes i think he's definitely gone who do you have as number two right mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say the only thing that I've got, I'm going to try and try and fight back at you there. Yeah. Um, he he is the only the ninth ever player to go double digit sacks over the age of 35. Yeah, and I'm going to put you on the spot now. Which ex Packers player is also on that list, and an ex Packers coach that is also on that list to go double digits over the age of 35? Well, coach is Green. Kevin Green. Yeah, um, yep. and ex Packer player. Right, go on, hit me. Number ninety-two, uh, of course. Jesus, <laughs> oh, I don't like that for us. So he's on a pretty good. Uh, he's on a pretty good list of players to do it. So let's let's not write him off. But yeah, uh, no, exactly. Yeah, and I think this season he will um, improve for sure. Exactly. But that that's what we're kind of saying. His pass rushing ability is phenomenal. But when it comes to stuff on the run, and when it comes to you know, he's not going to drop into coverage and start chasing lads down. Um, which yeah, certainly does it. Uh, okay. Number two for you, Ryan. Who are you, who are you tossing off, tossing out? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, so I've got Don Barkley on there. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that our our friend and, and writer here, um, Dave Pion, will be more than happy with his name being on there. Yep. Uh, I don't think he's been his biggest fan over the years. No. Um, he's he's made some great memes as well. That's you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I don't have anything massive to back this up stat-wise. Really, I mean, we're all aware of his play. It's not been great at times. He has been stuck in different positions here that as as people have got injured and gone down and stuff. So he's been in and out. He's been a bit part player. He's never really shown great signs of doing anything massive. Um, again, look at the fact that Jason Spriggs has come in from Indiana. Yeah. Uh, look at the fact that Carl Murphy has come in from Stanford. Yeah. Um, you know, and as you as we already mentioned, you know, you've already got all all the players that we already have here. You know, um, you have uh, all the OL guys. You've got Bakhtiari. You've got Sitton. You've got Lang. You've got Tretter. Yeah, Brian Belaga. Who else? Belaga. You know, we're, we're kind of stacked at that position. You brought in two new guys. I think he's probably gone. He is gone. And to give you some stats, Don Barkley, his jersey number is 67. Right? What you don't want is you do not want your ranking to be higher than your jersey number when your jersey number is 67. Don Barkley's ranking at his position as a tackle is 76. His overall ranking is abysmal, right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely gone. He, I don't know how he fills the roster spot every time, um, but I won't elaborate because I don't want to be too negative. Because, um, again, you know, we support the team and we try to be positive and responsible, and he's a human being after all that sort of stuff. But, again, his ranking is, uh, you know, I think he's actually one of the worst on the team. Apart from 
uh, in his position. Like BJ Raji was 97th out of uh, people in his position. Obviously, he's interior defender. It's not the same position, but what I'm saying is, is against your peers, uh, he's the second worst on the team. Okay, uh, so if you've got, if then Don Barkley this year, who's yeah. performed like that in his previous years, and then he gets re signed, does that give a new meaning to doing a Raji? Because Raji <laughs> has that terrible ranking and gets a contract. Okay, it was a one year contract, I think. You but if what? Don Barkley does it, then that's a new meaning to doing a Raji. Doing a Raji, yeah, we've done the flip on it. And in fact, do you know what? I think that should be a phrase for the podcast. I think when anybody does something horrendously, I think it should be just doing a Raji. Now, I know that's a disservice, right? And people are going to go crazy out there because some things are sacred, right? Clay Matthews, sacred. <laughs> uh, you know, Reggie, sacred. And then when you come to Raji, he's sacred. Come on, do the Raji, shaking the belly. I'll no. move on quickly and I'll anger maybe some of the listeners out there. But my second one on the chopping block, and I want to hear your reaction to when I say it, okay. is Micah Hyde. Well. Warranted or not warranted? Um, I, I, I'll tell you what, I listened to your argument, but I, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. And I thought people would be, right? Because this is another guy for... Now, I, look, I really like Micah Hyde. I think he's you know, got a great attitude. He's been like... like what, what position does he play? I mean, he's been everywhere, you know? Um, I even... I read an article, which I think is bogus, uh, saying... Trying to make the case for him that he could become a linebacker. He won't. Uh, now, Micah Hyde's problem. And again, we have to look... We have to be realistic here. Um, and we have to look at the people playing his position. Micah Hyde is a safety, right? Now, I see people quoting him as a cornerback. He's not. He's a safety. Now, if you look at the safeties that we have that are dominating in this league, we have Morgan Burnett, who's fourth uh, at his position league-wide, and Haha Clinton-Dix, who's eighth. Now, they can only get better, and they challenge each other. I mean, all of the literature and all of the videos that you find on Packers.com, and there's some great content on there, it's those two guys talking about how they feed off each other. And Micah Hyde has never truly been a leader, I don't think. He's a very sort of quiet guy. Um, and look, challenge me. Is he fast? No. You know, he's he's a slow enough guy. And at the safety position last year, he was 54th. I mean, when he's competing with guys who Burnett being fourth and Haha Clinton Dix being eighth, and they work really, you know what? The, the important thing as well is these work well as a tandem. And well, Mike Hyde. With him maybe being an oversized safety, and then as you said at the start about potentially becoming a linebacker, yeah. he's the type of guy, and I'm. I'm I haven't got anything in front of me that says this is true, but I have a feeling that he was dropped into like a nickel and dime packages and stuff to, to sort of be that safety that drops down. He was, yeah. That's exactly what they did with yeah. him. They had him covering the tight ends most of the time, and he did an okay job. But his and problem I, again is... The right way, he's okay. Yeah, with that, you know, the problem, I think Mike Hyde is unfortunate in the sense that he doesn't have the standout tools that make him an absolute, you know... Uh, number one because he's not you know like he was 54th in the NFL and he's putting up with lads like Burnett and Clinton Dix he's competing with these guys and that secondary was eighth in the league last year you know like and I know people think of him fondly and he's a nice guy and he has done Trojan work he like in 2014 he had two punt returns for TDs like he has three total in his career and that ties the awesome uh, MVP Desmond Howard so I mean people see him as uh, this guy but like again He's competing, like he, he's not going to become a cornerback because as we know, Sam Shields is the unquestionable starter there. Then you have Demarius Randall again, uh, you know, the former first round pick. Uh, so they're going to use him in the base defense. He's going to be there as cornerback. So where do you put Hyde? That's the problem. You know, like you have the two cornerback slots locked down. You have the two safety slots locked down. So mm -hmm. again, not unless you start working the sub packages. 
of nickel and dime uh, he doesn't get a shout i'm sorry and then you have guys coming in uh like and again people are talking about him gunter you know like like this guy plays on the like is what you're going to do is is randall will move inside to the slot unquestionably right and that's where they were playing micah hyde so now he doesn't have the slot position anymore so they're going to have to move him to the outside but then gunter who's doing fantastic again uh in training camp this season everybody's raving about him he's the best player on the team he's going to push on to the outside then so i mean there's no place for micah hyde and especially with him coming into as an undrafted free agent i think unfortunately he's going to be the casualty that's not me saying i don't like him or anything like that that's just me looking at the stats seeing the players that we have the 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 burgeoning young players coming up and i just don't see where he fits fair enough i think you could have a, a bigger split decision here than maybe the brexit vote (laughs) <laughs> so just to get this clear you are voting leave on micah hyde yeah well let's come on let's start the hashtag then if you're listening to the podcast at the uk packers and um, we can do what um hashtag hide stay or hashtag hide leave or hashtag steedity or full of crap whatever you want to do let me know but you, if you can come up with if you can come up with a scheme that you can fit micah hyde in with all of these uh players all these positions let me know I think for me, you just and and I'll end on this. I won't say any more. But I don't think you can ever have too many good secondary players. Yeah. But then your argument is he's not that good. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, well, let, let's calm the fires. The embers. Who's your number two? Uh, I've already done two, haven't I? Number three, I'm on. Oh God. I've got Nick Perry. I don't. I don't know with Nick Perry. And I. I just get. I get the feeling we still haven't seen the best of Nick Perry. We see it in flashes. We don't... If you think of the players he's got there in his position at the moment to learn from... Yeah. Um, so I think when he... You know, he's, he's got uh, Clay Matthews and he's got Julius Peppers to learn from. Yeah. You know? Now, I'm guessing this guy is listening to these people. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not saying that he isn't. But... He's never really produced to the level that we've thought. However, to, to flip it on you know, my own argument, I'm saying I don't think Nick Perry will get a new contract. It's obviously in his last year. If he proves this different this year, he gets one. Yeah. You know, I know we're only picking three players out. Obviously, more than three players will be re-signed. Nick, Nick Perry is similar, I think, in the way to which a lot of Green Bay fans uh, probably judged AJ, AJ Hawk. Yeah. Now... AJ Hawk, as you know, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of AJ Hawk. Absolutely loved him. When I started playing American football, I played middle linebacker because I loved AJ Hawk and I loved Nick Barnett. So these were two, you know, AJ in particular, one big influence on me. But a lot of people said, you know, he was, I think, was he first round, fifth pick off the top of my head? Yeah. And people said that he didn't necessarily perform to that level. Now, you have to kind of ask what that level is because there's a lot of people being picked number one pick. And been out of the league within a few seasons. Um, you know, I think Ryan Leaf, last time I heard about him, was going to prison for something. You know, so what is that level? And what you actually got from AJ Hawk was a lot of years at a position running the defense. Okay? Yeah. So, all right, Nick Perry's not doing all that, but he's a high draft pick, not particularly performing to where we want. But I'm just wondering if he's just sort of being tarnished with that same attitude that a lot of fans gave AJ Hawk because there was a lot of people that said AJ Hawk wasn't good, and yeah. I wouldn't agree with that. So I, I'm a bit stuck with this one. Nick Perry's got all the tools to do it. He has to show it this year, otherwise he's out of time. It's as simple as that. 
Yeah, I mean, if we look at his stats again, um, he's 58th in his position, which again is actually he ties Julius Peppers with that. He's the same grade. Um, <laughs> he's worse than Julius Peppers at pass rush. He's better than Julius Peppers at run defense. And he's worse than Julius Peppers in coverage. So, I mean, you know, he does give us that sort of run stuff option. Uh, but again, he is lacking in coverage and that's something that we need. But again, you know, you sort of question, do they need that so much if we have a ridiculously strong sort of safety core? Who knows? But like you said, again, I don't know if there's a place for him uh, on the team and he could be gone. Definitely has all the tools. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, I mean, getting on to my third one and final one. Is this going to be controversial again? I don't know if it is. I mean, again... There's a few stories about this guy online and I think it's mostly to do with the fact that people see that he's struggling and they feel sorry for him. And it's Tim Maste. Well, the thing is, Tim Maste could could be gone this year. Yeah. Now, yeah, I when I was over in Green Bay, I nearly bought a Maste jersey. I, I liked the guy and at one point I thought he was one of the best punters in the league. Yeah. Last year, he had a very off-season, and obviously, that's why um, Peter Peter Mortel's been brought in. Is that his name? That is his yeah, name. that's his name. Yeah, local kid from... Um, yeah. Well, he's so from Minnesota, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I've got no issue with that name being on there at all. Um, but, you know, it's whether... You know, what happens with the, with the battle this, this, this season? So, he might not even be on that list by the time we get to the end of next year. Yeah. Well, I picked him because, you know, people are getting frustrated with him. I think with Maste as well, he's been with the Packers since 2010. Uh, he's only once had to really, you know, go into this training camp competition. We've seen that sort of happen with... Tavecchio and Mason Crosby had that battle. Yes. And, you know, and that, obviously that was because uh, Mason struggled and then he came back with his best year ever for yeah. the Packers after that. I think competition is healthy. And I think these type of positions where... I don't think you can be a lock at this position and that can be it. I think you have to have competition on all facets of the game. So since 2010, he's only ever been challenged once. And that was actually last summer when they brought in Cody Mandel, if you remember. Um, now, he set the team record for net punting average of 40.2. Uh, but again, the way he was hitting the ball, there was an awful lot of bad punts uh, and I wasn't happy with it. And a beggar belief that, you know, that they... And again, you can't take him off. And there was a few times last season, I believe, he got injured or he pulled something. And that was even that was meant to be the reason for it. But as you say, Peter Mortel, uh, he's an undrafted rookie, uh, it says, of Minnesota. He's a, he's a local Green Bay kid. Mm -hmm. um, and people really like him. So from talking to Wes Hotkowitz of Packers.com, like Wes seemed to be really torn here that people really feel for Maste. He's a nice guy. He's great chemistry again with Mason Crosby. And that's something that can't really be messed with when you've good equilibrium between players. Like there's that famous story that when Brett Favre had the hold of the ball, he just held his hands up off and didn't do it. Right. So you have a guy like Maste who's uh, dependable and he works well with Mason Crosby. Um, and again, I don't think Peter Mortel's as much as it's a fairy tale story is going to beat him because Maste and it didn't look like a last season. He has the leg and he has the power, whereas Mortel doesn't have that brute power. Now, whether that's something that he can develop, I don't know. But what they do say of Peter Mortel is, is that he has 
unbelievable ball placement so if you want to put it on a dime he'll put it on a dime and the game now with skill positions like that are more looking at that type of skill not just blind punting it's you know just bashing it down the field it's placing it on a certain hash because the game now is getting more and more into stats if you look at pro football focus and there's another analyst guy who was on the ross tucker podcast and that's a great listen too and hopefully we might be able to get ross tucker on our podcast soon uh he was talking to an analytic guy and he said that they can actually do you know analytics to see like if someone's playing off the right hash or left hash at this position, what their odds are and what the play might be. So if you're getting that detail down into it, Peter Mortel might be the type of guy to go for. But to be honest with you, uh, it's going to be hard for him to beat Maste out of the job. Sure. Um, so, but again, that's this year. Next think, year, um, different story. Sure, and Mortel uh, as well, one of his biggest strengths, like you said, being the directional punts as well, is one of the areas where Tim Maste really struggled with last year. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct, uh, and that was one of the criticisms, all right. Sure. Uh, so, Ryan, we put out a tweet just before we come on just to ask people to hashtag Ask the UK Packers. So we got a few in here. So uh, the one from Cassian Jeffries here, uh, which is at 15QB underscore sneak. You mean, you mean my Green Bay drinking buddy? Your Green Bay drinking buddy. Uh, he was asking, uh, with this probably being the O-lines last year, is this Aaron Rodgers' best chance of a second ring? Now, I know we've kind of answered it, and I suppose we won't go into it in too much detail, but that's why I think this is important, and what you think is important, that they bring back Sitton Lang and back to Yari if they can. Um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, you talk about building an offence around a player or building an offence around a quarterback, but we have to build our offensive line around Sitton and Lang. Yeah. Um, if we do that, I mean, obviously they've been on the line for a while, and our line hasn't been great going back the last. You know, we, I'm not I'm not ignoring the fact that we haven't had uh, Rogers getting hit and so on, um, but I think that's probably due to more the injuries we've had and the ins and outs. I mean, we we had Marshall Newhouse who was a, you know, like a swing door. Deter- we had, hashtag deterrent style. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we've had some bad players on our line, uh, but yeah, keep them guys on the line and. Yeah, I mean, I, this is I know I always speak about this, and, and I've always said to you before is that it does worry me that Rogers gets to the end of his career on just the one Super Bowl, and he's he's definitely a quarterback that's, that that should be winning more than one. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to add uh, to finish up this tweet is that, and it might sound daft, is I don't think the O line has reached its full potential yet, and that's going to sound stupid because the lads have been there for years. But th- someone's always been injured. You know, Brian Balaga has mm-hmm. has went down a lot, and um, I think that. Like Eddie, and again, I don't think Eddie Lacy has reached his full potential. In his rookie year, uh, he got injured. So I think if this year the O line stays healthy, which is almost impossible, and Eddie Lacy stays healthy, that the two of them could have their sort of. You know, I know people are going to start giving out saying, oh, breakout year, what are you talking about? But Eddie Lacy, I mean, you know, he was injured, but he still dragged us into the playoffs in his rookie season. And as you said, his stats were going the opposite way. But this time, he looks to have the right attitude. He's got the right amount of experience to break out. And also that he was healthy. Similarly with our O-line. If our O-line stays together, they've all got the right amount of experience. They're all in their prime. And as well as that, don't write off the fact that we've got three players here who are going to go into undrafted free agency. They're also going to want to prove themselves to get a better contract. What better incentive do you have than to step up your game and make sure that you keep number 12 standing? Yeah, come off a Super Bowl winning year. That's that's pretty good in negotiation, surely. Yeah, you look at uh, Brock Osweiler. Got big pay, got paid big money because he played some part in the Denver Broncos Super Bowl run. Joe Flacco got his biggest payment after winning the Super Bowl. Eli Manning got his biggest payment after winning the Super Bowl. And here's three lads that if they win the Super Bowl, what's going to happen? I mean, it doesn't take a crystal ball to see what. Mm-hmm. 
So let's get on to our second one, Ryan. We have Jackie Steed, uh, fellow uh, Irish, you know, blood. Uh, uh, you're going to gang up on me. We're going to gang up on you. Well, not really. It, it's all positive. So this is something that, uh, so to tell the listeners, right, we do regular meets. This is what the whole fan group is about. But again, because we call ourselves the UK Packers, and then I get, I get it in the neck the whole time, right? Now, I live in the Republic. I'm a staunch Irishman. And 1922, independence from Britain is all very important to me, all this type of stuff, right? Let, let me just get that out of the way. Michael Collins, I have a picture of him hanging on my wall. If you don't know who he is, watch the film or look him up, right? Or film. Yeah, I'm super paddy, right? However, uh, we call ourselves the UK Packers because A, uh, it's quicker, it's easier to say. If you go hashtag UK and Irish Packers, is long. And if your Twitter handle is UK and Irish Packers, it's laborious. So we call ourselves at the UK Packers, but we you are also, the UK. You also can't can't really cut it down to UKIP either, otherwise that becomes UKIP. (laughs) That could be negative as well. Yeah, that's a discussion for a different time. I see you you sharing some UKIP stuff on your social media, so I don't want to talk about that for the moment, right? We're going to leave that. We're going to leave Brexit out of this podcast. Every NFL podcast I've listened to, it's all over. So basically what happens every year is is we set up the group, we try to get as many people together as we can, but that usually uh, results in having our meetups in England because it makes more sense. That's where most of the fan group is based. So I get on my Aer Lingus flight, not Ryanair, excuse you, and because I'm prime time O'Brien and I fly over and meet with the lads. So, and I've been saying it for years, like lads, we have to get everybody over to Ireland. Now it's very lopsided. Uh, it's going to be a plane full of people. Uh, and that's what Jackie Steed said. So at jsteed85, uh, any chance our UK crew could make it over to Dublin for a regular season get together? Uh, a memorable weekend awaits hashtag Packers. I definitely agree. Ryan, would you be on for some uh, Irish action? Yeah, let's do it. I was uh, I was at Dublin earlier this year um, for the first time for, for a sort of big weekend out. Um, I think it was the weekend, you know, when England beat Ireland in the Six Nations? Uh, don't remember. Don't, don't remember. Stop, no, nah, no, let's move on. the exact score, but I was in Dublin that weekend. Um, <laughs> absolutely, we need to get the group out there. And actually, I spoke to a lot of people when I was in Green Bay, um, a lot of the group, I spoke to a lot of people at Super Bowl night, as did you. Yep. And there's there's a lot of people that quite fancy that. And actually, the flights themselves over there are probably about as much as a train ticket into London anyway. So all in all, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, what I would say to... Sorry, I forgot what you said his name was. Jackie Steed. Steed. Jackie Steed. But get him to recommend somewhere, or, or obviously recommend somewhere yourself, because um, that's the one thing we need is a, is a bar or a club that obviously we, we know guarantee will show a game of football um, and then obviously we'll keep the beer flowing all night. Oh yeah, I've got plenty of options. Uh, with being Irish, it's kind of, you know, you're born with a list of Standard. 10 pubs that are the ones to go to, you know, before you speak, your first words are usually Guinness, you know, so I mean, that's fine, don't worry, I got you covered. We're working in Dublin for many, many years. Uh, I know a few spots now that might be able to show the game. And that would be great now. And uh, if anyone's interested, uh, again, hit us up on Twitter. And if any Irish fans are listening to the podcast, do let us know because you tend to be anonymous. You know, sometimes I feel like the only the only packer in the village. You know, sometimes over here I get lonely, <laughs> which is weird, Ryan, because you're from uh, Leighton Buzzard, right? And you've got like families of Packer fans over there. Uh, yeah, this, this is a strange one. Um, there's the whole Crooks family live in my town. Um, there's a load in Milton Keynes, which is ten minutes down the road. Uh, yeah, the, there's plenty around, but then. What, what what would you expect, really? It's the Green Bay Packers. I reckon we've got one of the highest followerships probably in the country. Yep. Um, we've got to be up there with the likes of the Patriots. I would imagine that are probably one of the other big ones. Um, and I know there's a lot of Steeler fans in the country. So I think we're up there amongst them in terms of followership. Yeah, I don't. I, you know what? I think we're nearly unrivaled when it comes to it. And again, we we really 
we love the work that the Patriots and Steelers guys are doing. The same with the Bears guys. Uh, and the Cowboys have a big following as well. As The last time we checked, I think we're the second biggest. We were the biggest. And then I think the Dolphins had an explosion in followership. Uh, so I think they've overtaken us. Which which nobody understands because nobody likes the Dolphins, surely. <laughs> yeah, maybe throw back to the 80s or something. Maybe all the maybe all the people from the 80s who used to watch in their heyday have all got tech savvy. Um, <laughs> which is, we're bashing the Dolphins now. It's getting bad. The rivalry starting. Yeah. Let's do Dublin. Yeah, we'll do Dublin. Well, folks, thanks for joining us on the UK Packer Podcast. Ryan, uh, all in jest uh, uh, earlier. I mean, you're, you're, you're as big a star as anybody we've had on the podcast. You're a stud. And the format should be going into the regular season because, again, the podcast, we're bringing you some uh, top-quality guests, some really famous dudes. But when the regular season kicks off, what we're going to do is is me and Ryan, uh, we run the group, run the Twitter, run the Instagram, run the Facebook, run the website. We run the trips over to Lambeau Field. Uh, so we'll be on at least once a week with uh, hopefully a game preview and a game post view. So podcasts are out every Monday and Friday and we're fairly consistent. And we have some really exciting stuff coming up. But that wraps us up for this week. I've been your host, that's DDDNFL. Uh, I've been joined by the unsurpassable Ryan Peacock. And again, I'm, Ryan, I'm going to try call out your Twitter handle, but it's incredibly hard. At or one j 3 pnfl if you want that. Go to at UK Packers, look in the bio, you'll find the two of us sitting there. Give us a follow, we're friendly guys, right? Yeah, I think so. Come and meet up with us. Come and meet with us. We'll be doing the meets again this year. Come meet up with us. And we've some very exciting news about our meet. We will not be alone. So, till next week, adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening, guys.